Hello everybody and welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports and on today's episode we review the divisional round of the playoffs and we do it by doing the great, the good, the bad and the ugly for every single game and that's coming up right here right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Welcome back to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. And today, what we are going to do is we are going to recap the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And it was an amazing one. And uh, to do that, I had to have four amazing, well, three amazing guests and my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, Jake is in back. Jake, how are you doing? Good. You're so, uh, how are you doing? Uh, Ryan's been, it's been all of 24 hours since we've spoken, you know, lots changed. Yeah. Yeah. Well now you, you'll get an opportunity today to vent about the Packers. So it'll be worth your trip all the way from Kentucky. Uh, I also have Nate with us here today. Nate, how's it going, man? Salty. Salty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he sent me a text and what did you tell me in that text, Nate? I said, buckle up. I got some, things to say that's right he's gonna rain fire on the show I've got, today. I've got a hot pad i've got a hot pad baby and then also i have shannon with me shannon how's it going i'm here <laughs> he's here so we, we see sort of a theme here i have three depressed packer fans and i have zach with me but he's depressed as well zach how are you doing yeah i'm, I'm equally depressed just for a different reason yeah, yeah, his his Titans. We'll talk about that first, actually, when we get into the games. Uh, so how we're going to do it today is, is very unique because uh, typically when I do my entertainment show, I do when I do like movie reviews or series reviews, I do the great, the good, the bad and the ugly. And I thought that all these football games were like worth a movie. They could write a whole movie about any of these football games. So I figure why not just do it for the football games today? So that's what we're going to do for every single game. We're going to do the great the good, the bad, the ugly. So you guys ready to get into it? Okay. Getting thumbs up, nod heads. That's really good for audio. So let's get into it. I'm going to get our slideshow up and let's get, let's get it. Recapping the NFL playoffs divisional round. Okay, so before we get into our first game, let's talk about uh, the divisional round of the playoffs that uh, we we uh, got to to witness. Uh, how did you get? I mean, like, what did you guys think of this round? Uh, what what was your, your takeaways? How did it make you feel? Go ahead, Nate. It was the most exciting football I think I've ever watched. Has there ever been a weekend where every single game comes down to the last play? I don't remember it. If there was, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Shannon, was that your thought? Same thought. Yeah, just the uh, entertainment value was a premium. It was definitely must-watch football. It was – yeah, they, the NFL couldn't have asked for better games. Jake? Yeah, um, as, uh, as the teams that I rooted for, horrible weekend. <laughs> but from a football fan perspective, I mean, you can't ask for any more. I mean, 15 cumulative points – was the margin of victory for the whole weekend. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. I think every game ended on a score, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Every game ended on a score. Uh, Zach, you feel the same? 
Yeah, it was nice to see compared to last weekend where you know, there was only a couple competitive games. All the games were super fun to watch. Nail biters to the end. Disappointing for most of us with who won, but still fun to watch at least. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think uh, both number one seeds were eliminated, which we'll get into. So that was another kind of like surprise for me personally. Uh, I had both them winning and both them lost. So, but the other two games I got right. Okay, so let's get into our first game, guys. You ready? All right. Let's do it. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans. The Great. Okay, so the first game, as mentioned, we're going to break down is the Bengals versus the Titans, and we'll first get everyone's great, or, you know, it could be the exact same one I had as well. I don't know if you looked at the notes, but maybe um, I'll, I'll let Zach go last here because I'm sure not a lot was great for the game for him. Uh, maybe I'll start with Shannon. Shannon, what would you say was the great of this game for you? Uh, I'd agree with you as far as uh, being Evan McPherson at the top. Um, but I also have to give, I think Jamar Chase was great. You know, he, he put on a show. He definitely is a, a, a true stud wide receiver. Um, it was good to see him have a good game too. Yeah. Yeah. He was really good. How about you, Nate? Yeah. Evan McPherson, but not for the reason that he made four for four, his attitude out walking onto the field, supposedly he tells everybody, well, we're going to the AFC championship game. And then if you watch the play, he kicks that last 52 yarder and it's not even halfway there and he's hugging his holder. So just the confidence on a rookie kicker, I thought was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. I actually, I put that quote in my notes. He says, looks like we're going to the AFC championship. Apparently he said that to the backup quarterback, Brandon Allen. I'm just like, wow, what, what swagger? Like he's, he's ready to go. Jake, what was your great? Uh, I'm going to go, despite the result, uh, the Titans defense, um, nine sacks, but nine sacks. I, I just, I don't know, you know, what else to say other than nine sacks. Uh, only let the Cincinnati score one single touchdown for the whole game um, and forced Evan McPherson to, you know, just have to continue to, to kick field goals. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say the Titans defense, unfortunately, um, being that they lost, you wouldn't usually pick that defense, but um, they, they handled their side of the ball pretty well. Yeah. Considering too, the, the situation in which the offense uh, put that defense in um, yeah, they did very well. Uh, Zach, what was your grade in this game? Yeah, I was kind of along the same lines, you know, that defense was, they played really well against a, an offensive line that apparently has not been good all year long, but the great part about it is that Joe Burrow's team still won. So it's, it's good, good and great for them. I mean, despite getting a, record nine sacks in a game against them. They still were able to win the game. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. My, mine was McPherson as well. Uh, he was four for four 54 and then a, a 54 yarder he had in there and then the 52 game winner. So yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's move on to the good then. And any other greats for you guys? We good. Okay. Let's go to the good then for, for us here. The good. 
That's okay. That's good. That's all right. That's okay. Okay, so I'll start with I'll start with mine because it's already been mentioned. I said the defensive line for the Titans I had as the good. Jeffrey Simmons was a beast. He had eight total tackles, three for a loss, three QB hit hits, and I think three sacks. Uh, he was an absolute monster in this game. And the only reason why I had it on the good and not great was because of the fact that they lost. So it, even though, even though it was still great that they did that, it was seemed like it wasted it or, you know, for nothing, you know, almost. Um, how about uh, let's start with uh, this time. Let's start with Shannon. What was your good? I would have to say um, Joe Burrow. I believe I'm just looking at his stats here. Um, he didn't have any touchdowns. Um, uh, but um, it's just uh, he played, he had one interception, but he, I thought he played good. You know, he, mm-hmm. uh, you can tell that just by watching the game that he is definitely a franchise quarterback. Um, the other good I had was AJ Brown um, for the Titans. Um, he, uh, he was, I think the main guy on the offensive side of the ball for the Titans. So those were my goods of the game. Yeah. I, and I agree with you on Burrow. Um, he was under pressure and duress all game. So the fact he only threw one interception, that's pretty good for a rookie QB in my opinion. But uh, how about you, Nate? What was your good? My good was the Bengals defense. I thought they played really good. I mean, they held the Titans to one and nine on third and fourth downs. Um, they did have the three interceptions. They started the game right off first play with an interception. Um, Henry, I thought would run all over him. They held them to only 62 yards. So overall, I thought they were pretty solid. Yeah, I, that, that is, that's a good one, too. Yeah, I like the Bengals defense. They played good as well. Uh, Zach, what about you? What was your good? Yeah, I'm kind of along the same lines as though, guys. You know, both defenses seem to play pretty good on, on both sides, getting turnovers, stopping the Titans on third down, you know, getting all those sacks against Cincinnati, maybe not as, you know, Maybe not as uncommon as we think, so I'm a little worried for them coming up uh, against the Chiefs. But either way, you know, for me, it was it was good to watch two teams play really good defense against each other when they both could have the potential for high power slot of scoring. It was a good defensive battle on both sides, which was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Jake? Uh, I'm going to kind of flip-flop it a little bit and go with uh, Evan McPherson, I think was good. Um, I mean, he, he went four for four. I- Obviously, game winner, all the pressure, but at the same time, that's your job. High five. You, you did your job, you know, <laughs> but it was good. Um, and I think it's kind of, it's a good bad because if the good is your kicker, like what did the rest of your team do? So yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, my that's backhanded a- compliment of, of the kicker being the good. That, that's that's fair that's fair yeah that's a good point like if your kicker is the best part of your team like your offense isn't maybe doing as good as it should be doing <laughs> the right. offensive line for the Bengals was not not good at all it's funny because I one of the key to the keys to this game I said that uh it would be the trenches like I felt like the trenches were going to win the game the x factor would be and I still felt like the Titans kind of dominated the trenches but it, they couldn't overcome uh, the mistakes that were made. I think that's really what happened. Okay. You guys ready to move on to the bad? Do it. The bad. Okay. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Shannon this time. Shannon, what was your bad of the game? 
Well, I was close to putting this in the ugly, and that would have been the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Uh, when you allow nine sacks, um, yeah, there's – I mean, you can't put all the blame on Joe Burrow holding the ball too long. They just – they couldn't stop anybody. It, it came from all over the place. So that's my bad is the uh, Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Yeah, that's a real good one, actually. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Uh, Nate? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Shannon. Um, their pass protection was horrendous, and that is going to be trouble for them against the Chiefs. We'll talk about it later, but I just watching how Ingram and the rest of that line was rushing against the Bills. They better sure things up, otherwise Burrow's in for a long day. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that defense is going to hold Mahomes to 19 points the way that he's playing right now. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, Jake? Uh, I hate to jump on the bandwagon, but the same thing, the Bengals offensive line, but I'm also going to asterisk that with the offensive line, offensive coordinator um, and head coach calling. Cause after sack number, oh, I don't know, five, like two tight ends chipping, bring the water cooler out there, the tackling, <laughs> everything put on your offensive line. Cause you're going to get Joe Burrow killed and not going to win the football game. So yes, the O-line was bad, but the fact that they could not make adjustments, um, I think that's, that's pretty awful as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They should have started uh, having a little bit more protection for him. That's, that's a great point. Uh, uh, Zach. Yeah. I, I thought the bad was just the entire Titans offense. I mean, Tannehill looked bad. Well, I'm going to, I put him in the ugly category too. Oh, we'll get um, there. You know, but I mean, just, I mean, you know, Derek Henry, you know, he ran pretty good, but obviously coming off an injury, you can't, you can't give him 20 touches oh, or maybe you can, I guess, if you're the Titans. Um, but it's just, nothing was clicking right other than AJ Brown. You know, he kind of stood out above everybody else. You know, but I feel like they could have really utilized more weapons on that team, but this wasn't going to happen this year. That that whole offense was just off for the majority of the year anyway. Yeah, it was. And that's why I go into my bad um, was the fact that Henry, they, they kind of relied on Henry over uh, Foreman and Foreman had, um, what do I have here? He was four for 66 yards. He was way more explosive than Henry. Um, even if you take that 145 yard run out, he was averaging seven yards a carry without that run. So he was just way more explosive. I felt like not that you couldn't give Henry the ball. I understand having him out there is he's going to draw attention. You know, the play action is going to be maybe a little more effective with Henry, but the fact that Foreman only had four carries in, in, in a close game as well, the game was super close and you, you just give 20 to Henry and four to Foreman. I didn't quite get that. I, I felt like that was a bad game plan by Vrabel and he should have definitely used Foreman more for, for that offense. Right. And like you're saying, Ryan, you almost go with the hot hand. You should be going with the hot hand. I mean, yeah, Henry's probably one of the best ever, but coming off an injury at his first game action and however many weeks it's been, and Foreman looked good. He looked good compared to Henry for those couple that he got. So I'm with you on that. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of an even split, at least for the first game back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I felt. So I don't know. I felt like the Titans really dropped the ball here, which we'll get into the main Titan. I'm sure we all have the main Titan as our ugly. You guys ready to move on then to our, to our next. Okay. Let's go into it. The ugly. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so let me just 
hit my ugly real quick because I'm pretty sure most of us. Um, Ryan Tannehill shows up in the worst way. He he was there, unfortunately, and his presence was felt on that team. Um, he he only had nine incompletions, which was wasn't really that bad. The bad was the the four, I mean, the three interceptions, and he had a QBR of ten. Uh, he was just bad, making bad decisions. Um, I the first play of the game, you know, I, I, we're going to talk about coaching real. You know, when we talk about our final thoughts, in my opinion, you know, one, one of the things I didn't understand, but um, you can't force the ball in like that, especially. And then the last pass too, you, you force it into your third string wide receiver. Like what, what are we doing here? I, I don't know. I've, I've seen Tannehill and this is why he's not, a, not like a top 15. Well, he's probably a top 15, but like a top 12 quarterback, he's just not there. It's because in these situations, he seems to come up short a lot. So I have him as my ugly. What, what about you, Jake? Who's your ugly? Uh, it is the entire offense. So I put that as my ugly because Tannehill, I mean, Tannehill's not elite, right? Mm-hmm. So what your expectations are, he threw three picks, but I think two of those were tipped or, you know, deflected off of hand. So, you know, it's not like he was just hitting D-backs in the numbers. Um, but the whole offense didn't show up and, and the coaching of the offense, you know, they had 27 rushes and 24 passes. Well, after your second interception, and they averaged 5.2 yards of carry. So, I mean, granted, you had the one long 45-yarder in there. Um, I don't know what Henry's longest one was, 20 yards or something like that. You just, I think you got to keep pounding the rock and wear that defense down. So, yes, Tannehill performed poorly, but the whole offensive scheme um, just Really, nobody showed up. I mean, A.J. Brown, decent. You know, he, he had five catches for 105 yards. So I'll give him a pass. Um, but, yeah, just the whole offense was ugly. Yeah, 142 yards. I'll just I'll just correct you there. No, I, but I okay. yeah. even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just wanted to make sure we got I that right. I was the ball to that guy. You know, he's averaging almost 30 yards a pass. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I I actually agree with you. The this was a game where Ryan Tannehill should have probably threw the ball like 15 times. Right. That's that's the way I felt. And, and Foreman should have got those. You know, whatever 10 10 times you drop back to pass. Uh, what about you, Zach? What was your ugly? Yeah, Tan- Tannehill was the uglier part of that offense, in my opinion. You know, yeah, like you know, like Jake said, a couple of those picks weren't his pro- problem, but y- you know, you got to rely on the guys you got, and I think they didn't rely on that running game nearly enough as they should have. Uh, I mean, between the, the hot hand of Foreman and Henry as the scare tactic, I mean, you should have just you know wore them down. Obviously, low scoring game anyway, so you just keep wearing them out, and eventually. Henry breaks a big one or Foreman breaks a big one and you control the ball in the, in the time of possession, which just didn't seem to happen for them. And yeah, the only highlight was AJ Brown having those couple big, big catches. And if not for that, the, the Titans uh, numbers would be real ugly. So, you know, kind of skews it a little bit more towards the positive side, but really was just ugly all around. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Zach. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Nate, what about you? Yeah, I don't really have a ton to add. It's just it's frustrating watching Tannehill because I feel like he has potential. He's a he's kind of mobile. He had a couple really good throws to AJ Brown. He you you can see that there's a good quarterback in there. It's just sometimes his brain doesn't do what he should be doing. So it's frustrating to watch. He uh, he definitely is the ugly for me too. Yeah, I think like he's one of those quarterbacks where you just got to see what kind of game he's having and then adjust your game plan accordingly. Like if he's starting to throw the ball, like I I know one for sure was t- like 
the, 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 so one was tipped, which was like a bubble screen that they, which we'll talk about. They shouldn't, should have never called that plane to begin with. And that's where I blame coaching. The other one that was tipped, um, it was th- thrown into, I think it was, it was the last one, right. Where he threw it into, um, basically the, the third string wide receiver, right. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing that. That's my, my thing is like in that moment you have AJ Brown, that's where you should go with the football. That that's how I feel anyway. And, and, and or, I don't or know. a guy named Julio Jones, you may have heard of him. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or Julio Jones. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Shannon, what's your ugly. Yeah. I, I, again, don't have a whole lot to add. I, I don't think uh, with Jacob, I, I don't think it was all Ryan Tannehill's fault on those interceptions. Uh, they bounced off of guys. And so I don't put that on the quarterback. Um, I think it was more so they look flat in the play calling. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. Um, I think it was third and one. And you would expect Henry to get the ball. And then they, I don't know what they did, but the announcers even talked about it, that I don't know if they tried a quarterback sneak and then uh, it didn't work. And then they finally went for it on fourth and one and gave the ball to Henry and it didn't work. I just thought that it wasn't schemed. They didn't game plan very well. Um, But yeah, I don't really have anything else to add other than that. Yeah, no, I I agree. Actually, I know what you're talking about because I was going to actually bring that up when we get to our final thoughts. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that sequence. Um, uh, So let's get into that. Let's get into our our final thoughts. Uh, So, I'll, I'll just open this up. So if you have a point, you know, just throw your hand. Any final thoughts on the game? I'll go ahead, Jake. Third down, Tennessee Titans, one for eight. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a good lose, final thought. Lose. One for eight, you lose football games. I'm sorry. That's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I put for mine. This is why. I, oh, hold on. Oops. Went, I pressed it one too many times. We're going to get this back up. Okay. For mine, I, uh, I went variable played chest instead of checkers. I think the game plan was very obvious here and he tried to outsmart him and he basically outsmart himself. Uh, that play call you're talking about Shannon, where they did like an RPO and then Tannehill, like I thought it was a smart, like setup, like you spread the field out and you have Henry in the backfield. And then like, you just get, I thought they were just going to hand it up to the middle. If you watch that play unfold, he would have got that yard, but so, and then the very next play, they call the very play that the uh, Bengals knew they were going to call, which is basically our form. I'm going to throw Henry up the middle. Didn't make any sense to me. I was like, now, now you call the play. You should have probably called on third down and you call on fourth down. And now everybody knows you're going to do it. So that was silly. The other, the other play I didn't understand was um, Foreman gets that 45 yard run right up the middle. So I think it was 16, 16 at that point too. And then that's when they call that bubble screen where uh, Tanhill threw an interception because that, you know, the corner made a really good play. He tipped the ball to himself basically and picked it off. But I'm like, why would you throw the ball in that situation? Just run it just run the ball there. And then it goes back to the Henry. You, you give him more carries than Foreman. I, not that I'm that he shouldn't have got more carries than Foreman, but it should have been more balanced in my opinion, because Foreman was way more explosive. So anyway, I just felt he was sort of out coached and maybe even out coached by himself in this game more so than even Zach Taylor. So I, I that's, that's my final thoughts on the game. Go ahead, Shan. So my final thought is, um, and we'll talk, this goes with the next, next game too, but 
the number one seed is almost a disadvantage, I think, because uh, Tennessee just didn't look like didn't look sharp and the teams that played last weekend looked better. And Henry looks he looks slower. He didn't look like he had the burst that he had. And coming back after not playing since week eight, I just think it's to me, that was a big factor in the game as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I was, I was right along with Jan's thought. It's just that that week, that bye, we all thought at the beginning it was going to be, oh, yes, all these guys are going to get healed up. We might get Henry back. And then it's that rust that really takes an impact on these teams after that bye week. I don't know what it is about it. it just you just never look good after coming off a bye, and these you know, these two teams especially didn't you know, the Packers and the Titans. But yeah, it was it was ugly, 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 ugly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Those, and a lot of those thoughts. So I worked in Nashville today, so I got to hear all of all of these thoughts from folks. And uh, Ryan, you you summed it up so well with what everybody was saying is on third down, you try quarterback sneak with Tannehill. And then on fourth down, everybody on the planet knows you're going to go to Derrick Henry and you just got stuffed both of them. That was, that was the number one comment I heard today was that specific sequence, um, how angry the fan base is with that. Yeah, yeah, you got – he was just trying to be – I felt like a lot of coaches this weekend, though, were just p- trying to be too cute too. Like there were just a lot of things that were being called. I was like, what are we doing here, you know? But uh, anyway, anything else? We good to go move on? Okay, let's move on. I'm sure everyone's excited about getting to this game, so let's do it. San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Does anybody know what that's a reference to, by the way? You're, you're, you're only a master of Evil LaFleur, no? I was thinking of uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, where he's like, I am the master now. And he's like, you're only the master of evil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wrong podcast, Ryan. <laughs> That's fair. The Great. Okay, so we're going to start out with The Great here, guys. And maybe I'll start with uh, Zach, because he's the only... Packer fan not on the panel what was your great in this game uh the great was the game it was the the, the closeness the competitiveness you know at least score wise anyway you know it kept you in your seat the whole game whether you were mad at it or happy at it one way or the other at least it was fun to watch you know statistically it was a joke of a game you know it's the snowing and the whole it was everything about it but it was at least fun to watch as a Packers fan, at least a little bit. It was kind of disappointing, but it was at least close and fun to watch. So that was my greatest point anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see if the other guys agree. Was it a great game? Just so you know, it didn't keep me in my seat. I was pacing like the entire time, but anyway, let's start with Nate. Nate, what was your great of the game? My great was that is Lambeau field in January, cold snowing. It just has so much history. It felt like a, Green Bay playoff game. There was nothing great about the game, but that was that part was great. So the atmosphere. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. A little curveball there, Shannon. What was great to you about the game? Uh, the Packers' defense. Um, they uh, only they didn't really. Let's see. They only gave up three points, wasn't it? Because um, no, they gave yeah, no six points. 
So, um, yeah, the defense only gave up six points, two field goals. Um, to me, that was great. Um, to see Zadaria Smith come back and get a sack right away. Um, that's about it. I don't have anything okay. else. To add. No, that's fair. That's fair. How about you, Jake? What was your great? Uh, funny, actually, it's the exact same as Shannon. The, the Packers defense, I mean, what more did you want from them? They didn't allow the 49ers to score a touchdown. They, the 49ers scored zero offensive touchdowns. They had 212 yards of total offense. What more do you want from a defense? Like, if you just cover up the score and show the stat sheet, you would assume that the Packers won that game easily just because of there was no offense from the 49ers allowed whatsoever. So the Packers defense played great. It feels cool to say that as a Packer fan, because like we all like, you know, still see Dom Capers face at night and have nightmares and wake up yelling, no Dom, no. Uh, so to actually say that our defense played a great playoff game is, is super cool. End of list of great things. Okay. End of list of great things. Uh, I have a, a, what I call a little stat nugget here. Um, based off that 49ers fourth team since 2000 to win a playoff game without scoring an offensive touchdown. So, so that's a little stat nugget for you guys. I got a couple of them with this game, so I'm sure you guys will appreciate me for that. Um, my great, I'm going to give it to Kyle Shanahan. He outcoached. I felt like he was actually the best coach this weekend. And that's not saying much because I didn't think the coaching was uh, very great this weekend, but the things that he did do well, I loved how he motioned his offensive line as like a tight end Trent Williams. He motioned him across the line a couple of times and had him running full speed to start run blocking. And it opened up, you know, holes for, for the run game. Um, he also, one thing that we'll probably talk about with, with the floor, is, Kyle Shanahan found ways to get Debo the ball. And I'm not saying Debo was super like he was, he was good or effective, especially when he needed to be, but like he didn't allow the Packers to totally take Debo out of the game where I feel like, you know, you got to find ways to get your playmakers the ball. And I didn't feel like, um, LaFleur did a good enough job of that. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I, I really liked the way Shanahan coached. Go ahead, uh, Nate. I wouldn't throw it on, all on the floor, though. If you look at some of these plays, especially at the end of the game, that last drive before the punt, where Rodgers throws the ball up to Adams in double coverage, there were four receivers in that play. All three were open other than the where Rodgers threw the ball. If you look at that play, Lazard's coming across the middle. There's not someone 20 yards with him. And then there, um, I think it was Cobb along the left side, and they had a running back coming out of the backfield all wide open. I think the plays were great. Rogers just crapped the bed. Yeah. I, I know. Well, I was talking to, um, who was it? Was it Chris or DJ brought it up that, um, the one you're talking about, at least with Lazard, he was already pumping the ball back to throw it to Adams before he made his break to get open. So at least, at least with that one, I don't like, I don't know when the other two got open. My, my feelings is like Rogers didn't trust anyone about besides Adam at that point. So he just threw it up because, you know, he had a couple of people drop the ball and uh, you know, most of them hardly ever get open. Go ahead, uh, Jake. Uh, no, there's no excuse for it. Um, Nate is hundred percent spot on in real time. As I saw him throwing that pass, I'm like, why is he throwing that pass? I mean, it was, it was wide open. There was, 
Yeah, I think he was just throwing scared a couple of times because there was another play that he did the exact same thing that he tried to force it to Cobb on the sideline. And I think it was DeGora, cement hands, unfortunately, but DeGora was wide open. Um, somebody else was coming up and out of the backfield. I don't know if that was Jones or Flazard out of the, something, but he forced another pass that was wide open. Um, so there was several instances of that. Um, that it, it's just That's a good point. Aaron Rodgers did not throw well and did not read well in that game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. But, that, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you guys because here's my thing. He was under pressure all game. So sometimes you can't get off your first read. If Cobb's his first read and he knows he has a ticking clock, it's like Brady yesterday. Brady didn't play great. He had a couple people, I'm sure, that got open, but you you don't get off your first read all the time. And he he started be he was scared. Like, when we'll talk about that game, but, like, Brady wasn't the reason why that team came back. Like, it, it, was, it was all the fumbles. So, like, I don't. I, I wanted, I tried to find, I wanted to see the, the, um, the sack, the, uh, average time, um, uh, what's it called? The average time that, that Rogers had back there, because it seemed like the offensive line was getting worked, uh, uh Saturday too, which goes to DJ's point with what he brought up. I thought was a good point, which is why did you switch the whole offensive line for this game when you should have just stuck with what was working? I thought DJ brought that out, which was really good. Um, let's see here. Did I get everybody's great? Okay. Okay. Let's go to our good. The good. That's okay. That's good. That's all right. That's okay. Okay. I'll talk about my good. I went with Debo Samuel. Uh, he ran tough all game, even after he caught the ball. He he created 77% of his yards after contact. So after the first hit, he, he got 77% of his yards. Uh, he played through injury. So you could see he was a little hobbled towards the end of the game, but he played through it. And then obviously that third and seven on that final drive, when he caught like that three yard, yard like cut in route, he like, he, he, he powered his way through the first down. I thought that was huge, obviously, because it set up the game when he helped set up the game when he field goal. But so my good was Debo Samuel. Uh, let's see, uh, Shannon, what was your good? Along with Debo, I'm going to pick up uh, on Aaron Jones here because I think he played a great game. He looked good running the ball. And then he had that big, long catch, which in the cold, the way he had to turn around and grab that when Rodgers threw that before, I believe it was before the end of the first half. Um, I think it set him up. Um, that was a great play. I thought uh, Aaron Jones had a really good game. Yeah, he did play good. Yeah, that was that. He he was he was good out there. Nate, my good was the Packers defense, kind of piggybacking off in the guys when they did it for their great. Um, Packers had five three and outs, um, one, but doing it despite where the Niners were getting the ball. They got the ball on their forty, the forty-two, the forty, and the fifty four different possessions. So they had great field position um, and just the defense held strong. They didn't give up a touchdown like we mentioned. So I, I thought finally Green Bay had a good defensive performance uh, that could have used a few points scored on the offense. We'll get to that later, but um, it was nice to see the defense finally play good. Yeah. So that brings up another stat nugget I have for you guys. Aaron Rodgers was previously 41 and 0 when his defense gave up 14 points or less. 
So he never lost a game uh, before this point when his defense gave up less 14 points or less. So, uh, Zach, what was your good? I thought both defenses played good, honestly. I mean, you look at the stat lines in a, in a cold, snowy game, you're kind of expecting it too, but both teams are getting pressure on the quarterbacks. Both teams were stopping the run for the most part. So a good, good defensive battle all the way across the board on both sides. And, you know, the, the turning the ball over, uh, that's a defensive thing, you know, creating turnovers. So I give credit to both defenses for both playing really well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they both played good. How about you, Jake? Uh, Aaron Jones, I agree with that one, um, but I'm going to say Rashawn Gary. I mean, to finally, oh, yes. finally live up to his potential, because I thought he was a draft bust for a while, like, oh, man. And to see him perform like that was really cool. Gives me, it's way too early for hope next year, <laughs> but um, he gives me hope for, for next year. Um, I do want to argue just real quick, the Debo Samuel good. I, he had 83 yards on 13 touches. I just, I don't, I mean, everybody is like putting him on this pedestal and granted when he did, it was important, but I just, I didn't think Debo was that exciting yesterday to get off, to screw up your whole structure, Ryan. I apologize. I'm no, 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 that's fine. No, that's fine. Uh, I should have allowed anybody to rebuttal. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, it, for he, he had a total of 83 yards. Obviously the defense was honing in on him. I think Shannon kind of made that point when we were even predicting the game. That's what the, the green Bay defense should do. And I think um, running the ball, he wasn't as effective, but it's like he was running hard. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like, he broke tackles. He ran people over. I would just thought he was other than Dylan, which we'll talk about in a second. I thought he was like, like the toughest guy on the field, almost like he was just running through it, through things that he wouldn't go ahead, Zach. Well, I just was going to ask you guys, because I know Debo got hurt at some point during the game. How much of the game did he actually miss? Because I know he missed at least – okay, so he didn't actually miss any time, Nathan. I was no. – I thought he missed a little bit of one of the drives, I thought. He, he came out for a couple of plays. Um, okay. The drive was almost over anyway, and he was right back in. Yeah. Okay, so he didn't miss much time there. So, you know, granted, not super effective, but, you know, four yards of carry, I mean, that's not terrible. He had more yards per carry than Derrick Henry had, so he's got that going for him at least. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's inflicting self-harm right there. <laughs> Very undescriptive. When it's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just thought he ran tough. I, I like, I understand he, the stats aren't out there, but and then, again, he made one of the most crucial plays because I, if they don't get that third and seven, they're punting the ball. Right. And I think he got hit before the line of scrimmage and he somehow ran through. I think it was Alexander. He ran through him and got the first down. So I just I think that deserves the good. But you can argue with me, Jake, and I know you will. And that's why we get along. It's one of my favorite things. OK, you ready to get to the, the fire and brimstone part of the uh, game? OK, let's get into it. The, pain. the bad. I think the music is very appropriate for this this panel right here a little sadness um i'll go first just because i'm not a packer fan so i'll just get mine out of the way aj dylan getting hurt i guess he got fractured ribs is what i read um yeah i i know he wasn't running the ball necessarily effectively but it goes with what debo like he was running hard he and when you're 250 pounds in the fourth quarter running the ball when people are tired and they're cold and they don't want to get hit. 
I think he would have been super effective in the fourth quarter. And I really think the game plan for the Packers was to, to run them or should have been to run them again. Like we were talking on uh, Wednesday, uh, Shannon, and you were like, yeah, I think that AJ Dillon's going to be the best, basically the best running back because he's so big, he's hard to take down. And when it's cold, nobody wants to tackle when it gets to the fourth quarter. So I feel like that really hurt the Packers. And uh, so it was, it was bad for me to me that he got injured and we didn't get to see maybe what they could have done with him on the field. Uh, Zach, let's get your bat out of the way and let, then we'll let these Packer backers vent a little bit. Go ahead, Zach. What was your bat yeah, of the, I was 100% with you on this, on AJ Dillon getting hurt. I thought he was, he was supposed to be a crucial part of this offense, especially late in the game, you know, really pounding them, to, you know, wearing them down in a super cold weather. If he was going to be a big factor, not that Aaron Jones isn't a good runner, but he's not as punishing of a runner as AJ Dillon is. So I think it would be a lot different of a game if he was not hurt at the beginning and he would have made a huge difference later on. But you could say that about just about any part of this game that one thing changed the other. There was a lot of little things that happened, but to me, that was the biggest thing that happened to them that really changed the way they had to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with, um, let's start with Nate. Let's let you get a little bit. What was your bad of the, the game? My bad was Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks ever. Great in the regular season. They've had 39 wins over a three-year span, but they have not made a Super Bowl. They're the only team to win that much over three years and not have a Super Bowl appearance because he can't show up in the playoffs. He never does. He's 0-4 against the Niners. They've lost big game after big game in the playoffs because he just shrinks, in my opinion, and it's frustrating with the talent he has. In the second half, they went three and out. They had an okay drive where they had the field goal block. They went three and out. Then the punt got blocked and they had another three and out six straight drives to end the game without a point. When you're the best quarterback in the league and your defense is playing the way they are, you have to score. And he didn't do that. 97% of the team's receiving yards went to Jones, Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams. It's like he wasn't even looking for other people. I was really frustrated in how he played. Okay. Uh, Shannon. So I, I have a couple things here. Um, I think the game plan for both sides of the ball was really bad. You know, when the weather is as bad as it was for the game, the advantage always goes to the offense. And neither team looked like they were had any edge because it seemed like the defense knew exactly what they were going to do. Um, the other bad that I had um, was – the offensive line shuffling of the Packers um, all season, you had a third string tackle left tackle in Yash Nijman, who has been great. And yet you mix up the line, you put your right tackle at left tackle and you put your backup right tackle at right tackle. And yeah, Rogers didn't have his best game, but he didn't have a whole lot of time either. Um, and so I don't put that all on Rogers. He, he definitely has a lot. There's a lot of blame to go around uh, for sure with Rogers. And I, yeah, he, he looked like he was playing scared to lose and he didn't, I think he's afraid to take chances. Um, I think that was Matt LaFleur's bad decision. I think he was, his game plan was being afraid to, you know, scared to lose. That's my opinion. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about you, Jake? Uh, this will be surprising because, again, I'm going to inverse it and I'm going to put the special teams as the bad. Uh, I, I 
do not understand how, like I want Matt LaFleur fired for not firing the special teams coach 10 weeks ago. I, I just cannot fathom any of us showing up to work and just managing things that poorly, right? And I know somebody had made the comment of, well, you know, that one was just a blown block and, uh, you know, is it the players or is it the coaching? Well, if it's bad players, it's because of bad coaching. Like part of the things of the coach is like, hey, dude, you're whiffing on these blocks. Um, get on the bus. And I don't know, Lucas Patrick, uh, I, so anybody, you're now on punt team. I just, you figure it out as a coach and how we as the fans can consistently jump up and down screaming that there's a problem. And then that very problem rears its head and exponentially manifests itself in a game. I just, I can't, I, it's beyond my comprehension of how special teams can be so bad. I mean, so bad. You could put mops with buckets for heads running around out there and they can give up special teams touchdowns with the best of them. I mean, just sorry, triggered. So yeah, no, that's good. Good. Nate. I cannot, I cannot believe you thought of something for ugly worse than the special teams. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll bring up some points you guys brought out when we get to our final thoughts, but um, I, I understand the frustration. Let me, let me just ask this with cold weather tip. Am I wrong, but isn't it typically harder to catch and pass the football? Is that true? Okay. 100%. Okay. Just want to know, you, you know, it's interesting because DJ brought out a good point. Maybe I'll just get your, your thoughts real quick. Um, home field advantage for green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Is it really home field advantage at this point? Don't do, don't you think you could play better? on the road in a dome. 100%. Do you think that's a little bit why he's not as good in January? I would go ahead. Go ahead, Shannon. I think for if, if Rogers was 10 years younger and could it run the ball better, I think it would have given him an advantage, but in this stage in his career, I don't think he wants to play in the cold. I, I think that the home field advantage is overrated being in the cold weather, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Jake. So cold weather, snowy game, right? That is going to lend itself to smash mouth defense and pounding the rock. Okay. What are two things that the Green Bay Packers have never really been good at for years, right? Other than this weekend, defense was phenomenal. That shows on the stat sheet that shows in the score, right? But we have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're, we're a gun slinging offense have been for a long time. And I, and I don't care how good you are. You can't, um, you know, defy human physiology, right? Okay. At that temperature, your fingers are cold. I don't, Deguara's fingers are cold. Okay. And as hard as an NFL quarterback throws a ball, even the gloves, those gloves don't work as good in the cold. There's just nothing cold usually breeds wind and gusts, which affects, I mean, there's just no benefit for the Packers style offense of cold weather. You know, you look at the 2000, the 2010, year that we won the Super Bowl, we went into Falcon Stadium and dropped what 45 points on them in a temperature controlled dome. And then I think we did the same thing in Arizona, whatever, like, no, we, we, we're not a cold weather team. We're just, we're really not, especially in the postseason when you're facing those defenses. So sorry. Yeah. No, no. And just to hit on your point though, I wonder how much of this would even be the problem. Like even we'll talk about it later, but just with the special teams, um, 
Jake. It's my, my other thing. So let's get into everybody. Uh, go ahead, Zach. Well, I'm just going to throw one, one bad one out there for the 49ers. We didn't talk about them at all. Uh, I thought Jimmy G did not play well at all. <laughs> Does he ever? <laughs> well, and that's, and that's my point. That's my point. So, you know, you get him into a, a horrible situation where it's, you know, freezing cold, like Jake was saying, and he can't – he looks horrible. I mean, as bad as he normally looks, he looked worse than normal. I just feel bad for any 49ers fans out there who – think they're going to have a chance to beat the Rams because there's no way with a quarterback like that they're winning against the Rams I'm sorry so so here's another stat nugget for you guys Jimmy Garoppolo is two and nine two and I mean I'm not two and nine nine and two it should be two and nine nine and two in his career in games where he has zero touchdowns he has one game nine games scoring zero touchdown and only lost two he is three and zero, three and zero in the playoffs with the, without throwing a touchdown. Wow. Isn't that ridiculous? That's unbelievable. It just like blows my mind. How would you like to show up to work tomorrow and say that the less you do, the better the company does? <laughs> That's basically oh. what it is. <laughs> okay. It's basically what it is. No, Garoppolo was awful. The other thing was the pick sixes. I think there was two. The Packers almost should have had. And they missed them. And I don't want to kick on the defense. The defense did great. But there was two times that where you're like, man, that should be a pick six. And especially the one with Stokes, where he ran behind the guy and started tackling him. Basically, he could have had, oh, man, that that must have been frustrating, too. Okay, you guys ready for the ugly? You guys ready for this? Okay. Let's go. The ugly. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and hit on this because it's it's uh, I think most of ours, I'm interested to hear Jake's, but we'll get the non-Packer fans out of the way real quick. So uh, special teams wasn't special is what I put for the Packers. Uh, that was the ugly of the game. Uh, block field goal, block, block punt. They average return yards for the 49ers off kickoffs were 30 yards, including that 45-yard one from Debo Samuel. Uh, so it was like, I think, um, Nate, when you talked about the defense being put in constant situations, like bad situation, they started the ball basically on the 40 yard line every time. Like it's it that, that special teams was awful. So that was my ugly of the game. Zach, what was yours? Uh, there's nothing else for me. That was, that was probably one of the worst special teams performances I've ever seen in a game. We had a lot of really, really awesome games, and this is one of the worst games, just strictly because of the Packers' special teams. And on the other side, it's a it's a positive for the 49ers. I mean, they played amazing special teams, blocking those kicks, and I mean, give them some credit. Maybe I don't know, or is, or is just the Packers that bad? I, I'm not sure which one it is, but it could be both. I don't know. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think the 49ers had like the 22nd ranked defense. I mean, uh, special teams. It was like the 20. 20- second and then Kyle Shanahan kind of mentioned like it, it's very rare we go into a game where our special teams is better than the one across the field so I don't know if it was them being good or if the Packers are that bad but uh, well, the, Pack- the Packers are ranked last so pretty much let's get Shannon what was your ugly Shannon yeah it's the special teams I mean you can, it, it, everyone knows it it was just, it was so bad. They lost the game. Um, he, he, this is, this is an idea I have. 
So to fix the Green Bay Packers special teams, they have never um, allocated any actual special teams players. Like they need, they need special teams. That's their job. I think they're too much into having better backups at a certain offensive or defensive position that they don't prioritize it enough. Um, so, you know, for every game, there's always the inactives, right? So yeah. the whole point of that is if you have injured players, then each team gets equalized for the game. You don't, you don't have injured guys go for the playoffs. Now with these like practice squad designations, being able to play in a game, why not just have a full 53 play when you can have a designated guy that that's his job. It's just special teams that it's just a way out there take on special teams, but yeah, special teams. Is, it, I can't even talk about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was bad. Nate, I'm going to let you go because I'm, I'm curious to hear Jake's and I don't want him to throw us off track of the special teams. I'm pretty sure that's yours too. You want to go ahead and give us your ugly. The last seven special teams coordinators for the Packers have lasted a year or like halfway through their second year and have been fired because it's been atrocious for years. And I don't know why we can't fix it. I love Crosby. He's been a great kicker forever, but this year he's led the NFL with nine missed field goals and three of them have been blocked. Um, that's a problem with your kicking. That's a problem with your holding. It was just overall horrible. You mentioned it, the field position they were giving up. It's a good thing. They had a defense. Otherwise it could have gotten out of control. It's so frustrating to know that you are in such a good position to win despite playing bad and just have bad plays like that block that turned into a touchdown happen. It's just, it's frustrating. It's a get part of the game that I think it's overlooked a lot, but we saw this weekend when you're not good, it can really kill your team. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, great point. Nate, they played good enough to win that game. Like I know that, that the Packers didn't play like even the offense didn't play great, but they played good enough to win. If your special teams doesn't stink. Rogers isn't getting no hate today. If the special teams doesn't do what they did, uh, now people would be like Rogers has to play better, but they're not going to be like, he, he, he totally, you know, pooped the bed. You go ahead, Nate. On the flip side though, when we're talking about special teams, what is the epitome of a bad special team? The last play when you're lining up for the winning kickoff and you will go out and put 10 people on the field. Like, come on. I know it doesn't <laughs> matter. You're probably not going to block the kick, but you send 10 guys out for your season play. That's it's ridiculous. I didn't even know they did that. That's that's what, what a encapsulation of the entire Packers special teams unit right there lose and only having 10 guys on the field. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm laughing in nervousness, not laughing at you guys. Okay. Let's get Jake's ugly. I'm kind of interested. Go ahead, Jake. All right. Brothers, friends, I implore you that what have we had all year long? Garbage special teams. They've been, they've, they were ugly the first game of the season. They were ugly the rest of the games of the season. Um, so even with them out there with their shoes on the wrong feet and their helmets facing backwards. Okay. We have had a crap sandwich for special teams all year. Now, granted Saturday was even steamy, but the offense has been able to overcome that. And that is why the ugly thing is the offense. Okay. Even with the special teams falling down and just spotting them 30 yards of play, uh, a, a return, they still scored zero touchdowns, right? And we know that our special teams isn't good. And the special teams gave up a touchdown. They gave up one. 
really, we can't overcome a single special teams touchdown with our 110 octane Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams offense. Really, we can't we can't make that happen. So that's why my ugly is is the whole offense and their complete the offensive line that was garbage. I mean, getting beat around the the outside that Rodgers was taking really three step drops because he'd take five, but then immediately have to step up two to, you know, not get murdered by Bosa coming around the side. So the offensive line was garbage. Them changing the offensive line was garbage, as you guys alluded to. Um, people not being able to get open, but then when they did get open, Rogers not finding them. Uh, there, I can't really, other than Aaron Jones, I can't find a really single redeeming quality as far as the offense goes. I mean, they just, they, Special teams didn't lose us that game. The offense not being able to score to support a defense that gave up zero touchdowns. That is what lost the Packers the game. So there's your ugly, your offense. Well, yeah, I, I would just fight back a little bit on that because if if the offense gets the um, team into field goal range, you got to make the – it wasn't even – how long of the field goal was that? It was like 40 yards, right? It wasn't that long. I mean, you, you say the offense has to score points. Well, part of scoring points is field goals. I mean, you take through, if, if they kick that and make that field goal before halftime, I think the Packers win because there's no way the 49ers are scoring more than 10 points. I mean, I know they scored 13, but I don't think they score past 10 if they get that field goal in. Uh, Nate? It's just so frustrating because that first drive, they just walked down the field, right? And I'm sitting on my couch and I'm ecstatic because this game, they're – Niners are in trouble. They get the ball back and they're driving again. And it looks like they're going to go up 14 and Mercedes Lewis fumbles the ball. And that was the last time the offense looked capable of doing anything. So it just, just, it's frustrating that one little play can just, I don't know if it got in their head, if the weather got in their head, I don't know what it is, but to look that strong at the beginning and then just stop doing the things that got you to that point. Uh, I'm, I can kind of see where Jake's coming from. No, it, I think that it definitely gave the the life to that defense because after like I have some like just with Armstead and, and Bosa, they they hit Rogers a combine of like 20, 20 some times, including what four sacks, if I'm reading this right. So I mean, just those two. This is not talking about anybody else on the team. So I, I don't like. I feel like it gave him life. And I think Rogers, you know, there was a couple of times where some people dropped the ball. He wasn't on point at all, but that backup tight end dropped the ball. And I think when, when we go to that last play that you talked about earlier, Nate, I just think he thought I'm going to give my best player the chance to catch the ball here because I can't trust anyone else. And that's the way I felt. He, he was like, I'm punting the ball basically here. Well, go ahead, Jake. I saw your hand. Um, I guess the only other thing, and I don't know this is, is, how long the floor stuck to the script yesterday, but they only had 54 offensive plays, right? And usually mm -hmm. you script out your first 20 plays, 25 plays, something like that. Uh, after that first drive, you know, like everybody said, and Nate brought up uh, like that, you had it going on there. And then, you know, Mercedes fumbled, which I don't, that was actually, that was less of Mercedes fault than it was just really good defensive play linebacker coming in. I mean, punched the ball, nailed it. That's really tough to hang on to that football. So I don't really 
uh, hold that against Mercedes Lewis. But, you know, when you found some special sauce there is I think Lafleur can take too long to come off of script, right? Because if you script your 20 plays, I mean, that's almost the whole first half, depending on the flow of the game. And in this case, that was about like that. So if you find a, a sauce that's working, let's just kind of rock and roll with that a little bit more rather than continuing down the script. And then all of a sudden it's the third quarter and, you know, oh shoot, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually going to get a little bit into my final thoughts. Uh, are you guys ready? Are we good about the ugly before we get into our final thoughts? Okay, let's get into our final thoughts. Okay, uh, let's start with Zach. Zach, what's your final thoughts about this game? Do you have any? Not really. We, we, we covered it pretty well. It's going to be an interesting offseason to see what the Packers do. And I think it's going to be an interesting game uh, against the Rams for the Niners. I think that uh, they're really going to show their true colors. And we're going to find out one way or another whether they're supposed to be in the Super Bowl or not. I think the Rams are going to be the team that hands it to them, and they're going to realize how bad they actually are. <laughs> don't, don't, please, don't do that. Don't be that confident. Okay, I don't. I, this uh, is this is what happened with the Packers last week. I felt like we all picked the Packers. Remember what I called the Titans game though? What, what did I say to the Titans? 50-50. and guess what? It came down to the last second field goal, so it was pretty close. <laughs> uh, final thoughts, uh, Shannon. Okay, so the Green Bay Packers have been in the NFC Championship game th three or no? Okay, not this is the divisional round, but they've been in the playoffs three three years in a row. So the first year in 2019, they made it to the NFC Championship game. No one expected them to get that far, and you can understand. Yeah, they were maybe a little bit short last year in 2020. They expected to win, and they uh, laid an egg in the championship game. This year, Aaron Rodgers decides to come back and gets everything that he wanted, a say in everything. He brings back Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb didn't even – did he even have a catch in the game? Where was he? Um, this was the year, and the expectations were so high. And now you're going into the offseason, you're thinking, like, what can they do to make it better to get over the hump? At this point, as a Packer fan, I don't think there's anything you can do. I think that maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else and it's time to let Jordan Love take the reins and start over and see if he can get over the hump. Because at, at this point, I think the Packers would have a better shot with low expectations squeaking into the playoffs than having all these high expectations and playing scared. I think that it's time to move on. Okay. Then we're pretty strong. Uh, Nate? I agree with Shannon. This was the year. This was the last hurrah because next year they are 44 million over the cap. They are not going to be able to bring back Adams unless it's a franchise tag. They're not going to be able to bring back Preston Smith. Cobb's gone. There's other players that are gone. Rogers doesn't want to be there. This was it. It didn't happen. You were supposed to go to the Super Bowl this year. When you have a team that was that good all season, clearly better than everyone you're playing, you have to take advantage of it they're all gone next year's a rebuild i i hate to say that but it's going to happen get what you can for rogers get some picks i mean he doesn't want to be there he didn't want to come back this year you did everything you could and you can't even win one playoff game that's why i'm so upset about it because who knows what's coming next we've seen jordan love play he's not good i i hate to say it he's not he's not the answer we're going to be in a little bit of a purgatory here. So that's why I was frustrated with this year. Cause it was supposed to be a go to the super bowl, get your super bowl, 
let Rodgers go off because he's going to leave anyway, and then you got that. But we're, we're in for some rough years here as a Packer fan, I think. Yeah, there's a team in South Florida that might be willing to give a couple picks for that that uh, Hall of Fame quarterback that you got. Uh, Jake, final thoughts? Uh, boy, I don't know that I can say it any better than what Nate just did. I mean, that is spot on. I agree with every word of that statement. Um, I don't understand why it's an intrinsic problem within the franchise, a systemic problem. Uh, 23 playoff appearances since 93, I think. 23, something like that. It's around there. Three Super Bowl trips, two wins in 23 postseason appearances with two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Why? Like, I'm sick of being a Packers fan. I hate to say that, but I'm sick of being a Packers fan because it's the same thing. We're always in it, but we always lose it. Like, I I would rather get a ring and be garbage for five years, get a ring, be garbage for seven years. I just, this it's constant heartache and it's driving me crazy. And, and everybody's gone. Nate's point everybody's gone yeah no I had a oh go ahead Nate I literally just got a text from a friend and it's a fake news article it's a quote from Jordan Love on what he'll do when Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay Jordan Love said and I quote it's my turn to lead this team to exactly one Super Bowl in about 15 years of tremendous pain it's the Packer way and that (laughs) says it so perfectly yep it's, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to add that 30 straight years of having an all-time quarterback and only having two Super Bowl championships to show for it. I, I'm going to, my final thoughts is going to be about Matt LaFleur, because I think you guys kind of mentioned this too. And I just didn't like that. He didn't try anything that to, to sort of switch up the, the game, no jet sweeps, none of that stuff where like you have that running back running across, you know, in front of Rogers where he pitches it forward to him. You know, uh, he seemed content to allow Adams to be, you know, some plays to be like taken out of the game because he got a huge first quarter and then like he he didn't get involved. He seemed OK with that. And I just felt like he could have done more to switch up the game because they just needed one score. No flea flicker, nothing. He didn't try to do anything to switch it up to catch the defense off guard. I I I, I kind of question him. And the reason why I do is. I said this to the, the other day, he has not done anything that Mike McCarthy has did not do in Aaron Rodgers, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, they always get to the five, you know, like the last two rounds of the playoffs and they get eliminated. Guess what? McCarthy did the same thing. When LaFleur was hired, he ran the 29th best offense in the NFL. He was the coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. He was 29th best offense. Now I get like, you know, you had Mariota, but still it's like, how are you hiring a guy who's the, out of 32 people, the 29th best person? Like, let's, I, I, I still, I still contend that they should have hired a veteran head coach, either an often a well-proven offensive coordinator or a defensive minded head coach and just let Rogers handle the offense. I don't know what Matt LaFleur is bringing. And I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. I don't know yet. I think we'll find out like you guys said next year, if Jordan love starts, but I just, I don't, I don't still understand quite the hiring and, and that's where I'm going to um, uh, my final thoughts on, on Matt LaFleur personally, that's how I kind of feel about him. So now uh, any, anything to add guys? Okay. 
Okay, nothing at all. Well, we're going to get one more person's thoughts. Rue, he he went and gave me an audio message, so we'll just listen to his final thoughts of the, the Packer game. Well, that, my friends, was a loss for the ages, is what I would like to say if it wasn't every year the same horrible loss. Um, so, yeah, it was brutal even worse to watch I don't feel as bad as I think I would as a, if I was Avery to be completely honest because at least the Bills look amazing and the Packers looked inept offensively with supposedly one of the best quarterbacks of all time a lot of injuries but everybody's got that um, so I can't blame it on that uh, defense played incredible Special teams, not sure how that guy still has a job, that coordinator. But they also don't really give him any good players. So, I don't know. It's pretty rough. Rough to do. Rough to take. That's the music I felt like was playing around me the entire rest of the night, Saturday night. Like, as I went to bed and just fell asleep in my own tears. Like I was, a, was, I was in a bad mental state on, on Saturday. Because <laughs> keep in mind, so I live in South Central Kentucky now. So uh, the Titans are my second team. They're my local team. So Saturday was, yeah, I was I was not in a good place mentally. My Kayla wouldn't let me have my razor the next morning. She just didn't trust me with it. <laughs> but, you know, at least I felt a little bit better after the Titans game because I kind of knew going into that game, there was a good chance they were going to lose that game. Like, I knew it in my heart. I was like, the Titans, it's going to be rough. But the Packers, I was feeling pretty confident about them going into that game, and it that's what that's what got me. Oh, right here, got them. It was just the way they lost, guys. Honestly, I'm not even a Packer fan, but it's just the way I I understand your guys is up being upset with the offense. It's, there's just no special teams that should ever enter the playoffs being that inept. That's my thing. It's like I just cannot believe that 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 first block field goal. I'm like, this is the kind of game it's going to be. I cannot believe that. Anyway, you guys ready to move on? Okay. The LA Rams versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Great. What a beautiful, beautiful game this was. What a beautiful game this was, wasn't it, guys? I just loved it so much. Um, let's go to Stafford, Ryan. I know. Matthew I'm so Stafford. <laughs> I know it. Okay, well, I might as well just get my green away because everybody knows what it is. Matthew Stafford, my man. He is free. He is free. He has shown that he can win with the, a competent organization. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about all the ways the Rams tried to take that away from him, all the ways the Rams tried to take that away from him. But Matthew Stafford showed up. He only had 10 incompletions. He was 28 of 38 with 366, two touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. Man, that guy, he can be my quarterback any day. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers isn't available, obviously, but I, I, I will take Matthew Stafford. I, you know, I, I was just thinking the other day, man, the Dolphins really should have just traded for this guy. Gave up Tua and a first or whatever, but anyway, Matthew Stafford's my great. Let's go with Nate. What 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 are your what's your great? 
Yeah, I agree. I'm so happy to see him out of Detroit and just the joy on his face at the end of the game when he knew he was going to an NFC championship game and was out of that dirty city in Michigan. Like he, <laughs> he just looks so happy. And I, I was very, I was proud of him. Let's not be super mean to Detroit. I still root for the Lions, okay? But I agree with you 100%. Uh, Zach, what about you? Yeah, I was the whole the whole offense. Stafford obviously leading the way with that. But, I mean, Cooper Cup, what another amazing, crazy good game for him. And the rest of the team, too. You know, Beckham had some great grabs in there. I mean – we got some audio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Odell, he's he's really showing his worth. Um, I think in, in LA. Like he he's he's a really good number two. Uh Jake. Uh so I feel like I've been I've come here to create controversy and counterpoints. Um, because nobody's gonna like this, which is why I'm so excited to say it. Uh Tom Brady is my great. Here's why. Okay, I, I just breath deep breaths, gentlemen. Oh my him. gosh. Why? Who invited him on? This is Matthew <laughs> Stafford's moment. No, what, what are no. we doing here? Well, he's, he, I'll, I'll get to him in just a minute. But, uh, and here's why I say that is now to, to you mentioned earlier, right? Did Tom, did Tom Brady bring them back to tie that game up? No, absolutely not. Did Tom Brady f- play fantastic? Of course he didn't. But at what point when you're playing against Tom Brady, are you confident you've beat him? Triple zeros on the clock. That is the only moment in time that you are confident that you have beaten Tom Brady. And the counter side to that is if you have Tom Brady on your team, I don't care if you're down by a hundred, if the man has two timeouts, you're going to be in that game. So that's why he's my great is it's not really just the moment yesterday. Um, I, I just, I do enjoy watching him play. I think he's the GOAT, uh, just all of those things. And again, I know I'm not making myself very popular right now, but the fact that the Buccaneers came back, I think is as much because of Tom Brady's effect on the people around him and uh, his leadership and just the passion that he has is, you know, why? I, think I hope it's his last game though. Let's, let's face it. Go ahead, Nate. You could hear it in the crowd too. I mean, they were, they were down what, 24 and they scored one touchdown. It was still two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. And they were erupting because they, right. knew, they knew who they had. They knew what history was. So I don't like it, but the crowd knew what was coming. Yeah. Yeah. One classic Brady moment. Shannon, what was your great? Um, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, he had nine receptions. Um, uh, let's see, 183 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That long one at the end. He is a difference maker. Uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford had a great game, but Cooper Cup definitely helps him out being the wide receiver that he is. And t- Tom Brady, yeah, I, I agree with with uh, Jake. He uh, he uh, he brought him back. You know, not every quarterback can do that. So, but I have to add Cooper Cup. Yeah, the only reason why I didn't have Cooper Cup as my great, I, I was so mad when he fumbled the ball. I'm like, dude, don't fumble, like. Akers is fumbling the ball. The center is trying to ruin Matthew Stafford. And then Cup. Cup's like, oh, let me help with the Matthew Stafford angst over here. And I was just, oh, I was just up and down on that game. I was just, oh man, roller coaster ride. Okay, let's let's go to our next one. The good. That's okay. That's good. That's all right. That's 
Okay, so I'll start with, uh, maybe we'll start with uh, Jake here. What was your good? All right, this one's for you, Ryan. I, I did put Matthew Stafford as my good. Uh, I That was probably the best game of his career. And, and as good as the stats were, I feel like he played better than the stats. Uh, the throws he was making, and I felt like he was just decisive. Like, he threw that ball with confidence. Like he knew he was putting it when he released that thing or when he, when he wound up, I mean, he knew where it was going. He was hitting guys right where he needed to hit them. And I feel like it was read, read, pass, read, pass, or just right off the bat. So uh, amazing to see Matthew Stafford uh, being able to have a team around him and, and do well. Yeah. He, uh, he played really good yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing thing to watch. I'm telling you, uh, Shannon, what's your good. I had Mike Evans for my good because I think he uh, he toasted uh, Jalen Ramsey a couple times. Um, great wide receiver. Uh, I think that they would have done better had Chris Godwin uh, mm-hmm. to play, but I have Mike Evans as my good. Yeah, great, good. Uh, remember, uh, Tom Brady used to do that with Randy Moss and Darrell Revis as well. Uh, that, that's the first thing matchup I thought of when when uh, when he threw the touchdown pass to Mike Evans was that time he threw one to Randy Moss over Revis. It's just like, oh, Brady, you jerk. You know, I think the problem is, is he's always been in my life and I hate it. That's the problem. <laughs> like as a Dolphin fan and now like Stafford goes somewhere to win and it's like, oh, there's Brady again, Nate. So Ramsey, he was on Mike Evans, uh, 36 of the 52 routes, so 69% shadow rate. And he was pretty successful, but he gave up the most yards to a player uh, doing that since 2017 when Antonio Brown did it to him. So Evans uh, was really effective against him the whole game. Yeah, actually, that's a great stat. Thanks for sharing that one. Um, Nate, what was your good or was that your good? Uh, My good was actually the Rams pass rush. I thought they did a really good job at Mm. getting to Brady. They hit him 17 times, which is the most of the season. And I think that made him have to get rid of the ball and make quick decisions. Um, I think that had a lot to do with the big lead they got out to, too. Um, But, I mean, you can't really do too much to Brady. He just seems so poised. It's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, they have the best kind of defense, though, against Tom Brady, which is you have a pass rusher that can push up the middle. And then you have someone like Von Miller coming around the edge. So you force him up into the pocket and there's Aaron Donald, you know, or Aaron Donald forces him back into Von Miller. So that's like the best type of pass rush. Um, yeah. I, I was really impressed with their, their defensive line as well. And again, except on fourth down, did you guys notice that? Like they couldn't get any pressure on fourth down on Tom Brady, like the offensive line all of a sudden, like, Oh, we can, we can protect on fourth and 11 now and give them 10 seconds to throw the football. Um, Zach, what was your good? I don't really have anything additional to add. We pretty much covered it. You know, I think the, the game itself was good to watch after the second half, you know, started at least things got interesting as they always do with Tom Brady. Uh, but you know, nothing really to add just a fun game to watch. Okay. Yeah. That I, I, I put Buccaneers not giving up. Um, and maybe that is a, extension of Tom Brady. Maybe that's what he instills in people like this idea of not giving up, but there, I felt like those, the Rams totally outplayed the box, except they couldn't hold on to the football and partly because they didn't hold on to the football, but there was like, even the one with um, Cooper cup, the, the defender went in there and, and reached for it and pulled it out. Doesn't give cup an excuse. You got to hang on to the ball. You train for that stuff, but any or practice, I should say for that stuff. But anyway, 
They were down 27 to six late in the third quarter and they somehow tied the game and almost won it. And uh, yeah, that was, that was my uh, good. Uh, Go ahead, Nate. Tom Brady. So they had three turnovers, right? But Tom Brady is 95 and three when his team has three or more turnovers. So that doesn't seem to matter. He still continues to go win and they don't give up. Like you said, that is the most Favre-esque stat I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Just I would like to rock and we'll win, baby. <laughs> I'd like to know what record other quarterbacks are when they turn the ball over three times. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure it's not as high as that. That's crazy to me. Okay, you guys ready to move on to the bad? The bad. Okay, let's start with Shannon. Shannon, what was your bad? Just the start that the the Buccaneers had. Um, it looked like it was going to be a runaway game. Uh, they obviously saved it, but I didn't really have anything super bad for this one, um, mm-hmm. other than uh, hearing Antonio Brown wants to go to uh, play with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. I forgot to add to the good too, real quick, guys. Uh, overcoming the injuries the Bucks had to overcome with the offensive line and stuff to somehow make it a game. By the way, I forgot to add that real quick. Um, the, uh, Zach, what was your bad? Yeah, I didn't really have one in particular. Just the one that came to my mind was, you know, the, the fumbles that almost ruined the game for the Rams. I mean, it's that's that's pretty bad to, to have four fumbles in a game. It's starting to look like the Packers out there on special teams. Uh, but, you know, it's made the game interesting at least I, I didn't really have a say in either of these teams winning this is like the one game of the weekend where I didn't really care about either team so it's kind of fun to watch this one and not have to care but at least Tom Brady makes things interesting yes yes very good excellent um Nate okay so first of all I have to go back I think I just said my stat wrong all right they Tom Brady is 95 and three when they get three turnovers because oh, they cause oh. four because they oh. caused four fumbles so that's my that's my bad correction. Okay, good. Good correction right there. So my bad is just the fact that the Rams nearly blew a 24-point lead. It literally felt like the Falcon game all over again. I thought it was gonna happen. Um, so just the Rams in general for shrinking back and allowing something like that to happen. That was my bad. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Good one. That was a good one. Uh Jake. Um, I'm going to go with the kind of what I think you had said, Ryan, is, is just the coaching, you know, not, not being able to put the team away and credit to, uh, DJ the other day of, you know, what is with this Shanahan, Lafleur, McVay tree that can't put teams away? Like, how do you allow teams, you get these leads and then just allow teams to come and then give it all away again. I just, I don't understand how that happens. Um, yeah, it's just that's that's a little bit wild to me. Yeah, that was my bad. Sean McVay's coaching. I felt like he was coaching scared. Honestly, when he got the lead, it seemed like he wasn't pushing it. He went for a field goal, 47 yards that came up short. How in the world does that happen? First of all, in this day and age in the NFL, a 47 yard field goal short. Are you kidding me? Um but the play to set up it, they did like a draw play. It's like you got Matthew Stafford back there, not Jared Goff. What are you doing? He's slinging the ball all over the field. And you're like, let's run the ball. Even, even before halftime, the, the play where Akers fumbled the ball, 
um, it, it, it was like they were trying to get as little time left for Tom Brady. And it's like, dude, don't worry about that. Just go and score the football with Matthew Stafford. Like, I think, um, oh, what? He, they ran, um, I should have had the stat up. They ran acres 24 times and he, he had like 2.9 yards of carry or something like that, or two yards of carry. It was, it was awful. And they kept running him. I'm like, I just, I almost pulled my hair out. It, it felt like I was with you guys, you know, during the Packer game. And I was like, this is, this is what you guys stress about. This is what you guys are anxious about. By the way, it felt really great to actually have high stakes. Like you're rooting for someone like that, but I'll tell you what the coaching by McVeigh, I was not impressed at all. And I'm just, uh, it was so, so annoying. Uh, and, and this just goes to this week's bad coaching. That's why, like, for all the bad coaching that Kyle Shanahan gets the best coach, it's relative because the rest of the coaching wasn't great at all. So, anyway, bad coach, Sean McVay. Don't coach scared. You're going to lose, especially against the Niners if you let them stay in the game. Uh, Jake? Uh, so, to your – and I was going to say this, and I forgot, but you reminded me, is so even with those four turnovers, the Buccaneers only ran one more play than the Rams the whole game. They only had one extra play, but here's the difference is they threw the ball because you have Tom Brady 54 times to your point. The Rams averaged an abysmal 2.4 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of us could average 2.4 yards per carry (laughs) for at least three plays before we got broken in half. Um, And they ran the ball 30 times. Like Matthew Stafford is having the game of his life and you flirted with a one-to-one ratio. Yeah, I don't. So I'm piling on to, to the coaching with you. And I will allow it. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. Just not, not, not good coaching. I didn't like it, especially in the second half. Okay. You guys ready to move on? All right, let's go. The ugly. <laughs> Ew. Okay, I'll just start with this one, and that's the fumbles, the four fumbles in the game. Uh, the Rams uh, trying to give the game away is what I put down here uh, as far as, like, my notes. I just felt like they were trying to ruin Stafford's career. They were trying to prove that Stafford wasn't a quality quarterback. They were trying to let Tom Brady come back in the game to show that he's better than Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford was not having it, but with that being said, uh, four fumbles is ridiculous. Acres should have been benched after the first one. And I'm going to kind of pull, throw my guy under the bus a little bit. He almost had one on that final drive. Um, right. The play right before he hit cup. So guys, Rams, please, please next week, hold on to the football. Okay. Hold on to the football. So that was my ugly, uh, Shannon, what was yours? Yeah, I had Cam Akers. Um, the Cooper Cup thing, like he was effective, so you can almost allow a fumble for what he was able to do on the field. The Cam Akers thing, he he didn't, couldn't run the ball anyway. And then at the very end of the game, when you what you just brought up, the only thing you can't do is fumble the ball. If you're you're trying to run out the clock, you you put both hands on the ball when you're running and getting tackled. I just when they when he lost it, I'm like you that I just it was unbelievable. So the ugly, that was Cam Akers. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have Sony Michelle in there at that point. Uh, yep. Nate? Mine was Todd Bowles. Bad play call. 27 seconds left. You know how Stafford's been playing. And you call a cover zero blitz. And you give up a 44-yard pass to Cup for the game-tying touchdown. 
I don't know why you don't have a safety back there in case someone blows it open. Keep people in front. Uh, they don't have a timeout at that point. Uh, that was just a really aggressive play call for that situation, and he got burned for it. Yeah, that's a great point. And by the way, one thing I talked to my brother about, who's a big Bucks fan, going in the game, Matthew Stafford was the best quarterback this year under when, when people brought more pressure. He was actually, he had the highest rate. He was the highest rated quarterback whenever there was blitz. And Todd Bowles, I think blitzes like 43% of the time. And pregame, they're like, Todd Bowles says he's not going to change anything up. And I'm like, isn't that your job as a coach to like adapt to the situation? So it goes along with you, Nate. I think like that wasn't, that was a bad play call. That was a pretty ugly play call. Good call on that one. Um, Zach. Yeah, to me, it was, it was coaching on both sides of the ball. You guys are saying, you know, play calling on both sides. I just, the worst part to me is the Rams. You know, yeah. I understand you're up big and you don't want to do something stupid, but when Stafford's playing good and you're, you're running backs fumbling the football, I mean, you got to you got to do something different. Stick with what works because we know what happens you know, in history for a lot of these teams. When you start letting off the gas pedal, that's when teams come back and things happen. So, yeah, I, I disagree with the play calling, especially in the second half for the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jake. Uh, very simple floor fumbles. I mean, I, I can't really add more to what you guys had all said already. If you put the ball on the ground that many times, you are begging to lose the football game. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's do our final thoughts for this game. Um, let's, uh, well, I'll just ask any final thoughts. No. Okay. Well, I have one. Here we go. That's right, baby. <laughs> no more questioning whether Matthew Stafford's a legit quarterback. I'm not saying he's elite. He's somewhere between good and great, but he has shown he can win games in the playoffs. He just needed to get that really heavy, heavy, heavy monkey off his back, which was the Detroit Lions organization. So good for you, Matthew Stafford. You are a legit quarterback and you showed everyone. So awesome. And I hope you get to the Super Bowl. You, I, he's got to get there, right, guys? You'll get there. I mean, we're all rooting for him, right? Nobody's. I don't. I can't imagine too many people are rooting for the Niners. I want him to do good, Ryan, but there's always the possibility of a choke. Just saying, there's always the possibility of a choke. <laughs> That's true. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers can choke, Matthew Stafford can as well, right? So, yeah. Okay, let's go to our last game, guys. The Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Great. Got a little little uh, click happy there. So I'll just start with my great because I accidentally <laughs> did that guy. Sorry. So my great are um, or is uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, like the, the dueling quarterbacks. Their numbers are ridiculous. I just could not believe I have a stat here. I got to pick uh, both Mahomes and Allen's Allen had over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interception and 50 yards plus rushing. And that's the first time that's ever been done in NFL history in the playoffs by two opposing quarterbacks. Crazy. Go ahead, Nate. Let me add to those stats. This is the first playoff game where the opposing teams completed 70% of their passes and where both quarterbacks led their team in rushing. 
That was like the best quarterback play I've ever seen. Ever, ever. It's so sad. I was talking to Avery about it today. He wanted to come on, but he was just too heartbroken. He couldn't do it. Um, but this is sad that they're in the same the same conference. This is a Super Bowl worthy matchup game that we're not going to get. It reminds me a little Brady and Manning a little bit, but anyway, uh, go ahead, Zach. Well, I, that was going to be one of my points is I would have much rather have this be the AFC championship game than having the Titans or the Bengals in at all. Cause I had a feeling whoever won that game was going to get blown up. Whoever won this game, you know, I, we don't know for sure what was going to happen, but I mean, what, what a game. Yeah, go ahead, Nate. Just in the last two minutes in overtime, Josh Allen was five for seven with 102 yards and two touchdowns. And Mahomes is 10 for 13 for 188 and two touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Yeah. The Packers couldn't score in three quarters. <laughs> and these guys scored triple that in four minutes. It was it was wild to watch. Did they say like the last minute and 54 seconds the teams combined for like 25 points? That to me is crazy. Like, oh man, that was such an awesome game. Uh, Shannon, what was your uh, great? Uh, I'm going to just pick the game itself because, <laughs> you know, as a fan not caring, you know, either way about too much about who wins just from an entertainment aspect of it. It was, it was at the best. Like I, I can remember years ago, there being overtime playoff games and it, this, this was right at the top. Ah, oh, it was so good. Uh, Jake, you're great. Um, I think I'm going to probably, it's tough, but I'm just going to, I'm going to be more specific. It, well, a, the football for super generic, just, it was a great game. Like I like, that's probably the the biggest thing I can put on it. Uh, but specifically I felt like we watched uh, Josh Allen come of age. I mean, he just, um, and well, I know I mentioned yesterday watching him truck a, defensive back and when you're a quarterback and you hit someone so hard they have to take the next play off uh, that's just it's greatness so that that's my great josh allen it, destroying people yeah that was that was an amazing truck right there uh nate did you give your great or you... yeah i'm with you it's the quarterback play i said enough but it was it was just fun to watch okay perfect okay well let's um let's move on The good. That's okay. That's good. That's all right. That's okay. Okay, maybe what we could do is start with Zach. Zach, what was your good? Uh, I didn't really have a good one because everything I thought was great. I mean, the <laughs> quarterback play was great. The offenses looked great. So that means if there's no if there's no good, that means me they're a lot of bad or the worst. So I'm going to skip the good one and just wait for the bad and the worst. That's, that's fair. What about you, Jake? What's your good? Um, you know, it, it is tough to try and figure out something that specifically was good in there. Um, I guess this is an easy out, but Tyree kill, I mean, just watching that man with the football, it's, he's gotta be, who is the, who's the last player that's that electric. And then as he's torching people waving, he doesn't even need two arms to be that fast he just, <laughs> just waves peace i'm out good luck i mean um the guy's insane so I, the good is being able to watch tyree kill be a freak the way he stops and starts is crazy to me that punt return like where he like goes and then he's like almost stopped but then he starts and hits the hole that was open like a second and then he just hits it real quick i mean 
just I can't believe someone's that talented, Nate. That's my good too, because is there a scarier player to play against than him? Like I thought his coverage on him was pretty good until he caught the ball. And then they, you know, they keep track of the speeds of all the players of the top five fastest players this weekend. Three of those plays were by Tyreek Hill. He's just so fast. There's what are you supposed to do about it? And then like Jake said, throwing up the deuces as he runs into the end zone. It's just, he knows he's fast and that makes it even worse. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, he's really good. Did I get your Shannon? Did I get your good? No, I have, I'm going to, my good is kind of what you have here. Um, Gabriel Davis. Um, He's a legit, I think he's going to be a stud wide receiver in the years to come. He's still young. Um, But uh, I, I like him. He looked good. Yeah, I, I did too. He had 201 yards and four touchdowns. He like showed up like, and then did you guys see that route for the go ahead touchdown that he ran and the defensive back got like turned around and fell over. It was, it was such a beautiful route. So yeah, I'm with got, you. He got crossed over in a football game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Legit. If you're listening to this and you have not seen this play, go look it up because he made that corner look so bad with <laughs> one little stutter step. It was, that was probably the best play of the weekend, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That was so I, I wanted I'm glad you brought it up, Shannon, because I wanted to give him a shout out, even though I think his performance was great. I wanted to be specific to mention him as well. And I also had Tyreek Hill down those two guys, 11 for 150 and a touchdown that that slant that he ran for a touchdown. Everybody here was like too much time, but it was still pretty cool. <laughs> That's too much time. OK, you guys ready for the bad? Let's go to the bad. The bad. I'm just going to leave this picture up while we talk about the bad. Okay. Maybe we could start with Zach. Zach, what was your bad? Yeah, there was a couple, there was a couple of bad ones out there. Uh, it's just the way the, the game ended for Avery. I'm going to just throw that out there for him. Uh, rip to the, the bills. Uh, but I also thought Stefan Diggs, where, where was he in this game? You know, I, I don't want to put him in the, the worst category because it might not have been all his fault, but three catches for seven yards in a game like this, where, where was he in the second half? You know, I mean, Gabe Davis obviously took over, but I don't know if they were just covering that well, or if he wasn't getting open. I mean, it was, it was a pretty bad game for Stefan Diggs when Josh Allen's throwing 330 yards and only have seven of those. It's just unexpected. Don't know what happened, but to me, that was, that was bad along with both teams defenses in the second half. Or best more specifically, thing, in the last two minutes of the game, anyway. <laughs> the best thing he did was tackle that guy who came running out on the field. That's the only <laughs> thing Stefan Diggs did. Just got part right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if like they were just doubling Diggs and like ev- anybody else beat us, and that's why Gabriel Davis just went off. It could, I mean, it could be, but you're right. You think a player like that would have had a little bit more of an impact. Uh, Jake, what was your Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just thinking, you know, if you can look at like the, like the Packers game or the, you know, for, like they used their best players mm-hmm. to win the game. And Josh Allen obviously was above and beyond the best player, no doubt. But I mean, even your, your second best player is to find Diggs and he did diddly squat other than right. You know, tackling that fan for the end of the game. That was great. Yeah. Uh, 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 Jake, what was your um, bad? Uh, I'll keep the rant down to a minimum, and that is the Bills going into uh, prevent-style defense. Um, you just – you can't – you cannot 
do that. And it's just such a way to give away football games. I don't understand why teams do it. Uh, I know on the podcast yesterday, I talked about it quite a bit, so I'll stay off of it. But uh, the, the Bills defense on the last drive of um, regulation was, that was definitely the bad. Yeah, um, we, t- we talked about it. The, the b- biggest and baddest part of that was the three timeouts. You can't give up 25-yard chunk plays when they have three timeouts. That's, that's the problem. So they, they, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have got off their defense unless if they had zero timeouts. Even so, I don't know. Anyway, especially with someone like Tyreek Hill. You just never know with that guy. Uh, Nate, what was your bad? Yeah, I agree with the defense, but I don't want to let the Chiefs off the hook either. Their pass defense stunk. They Both sides were just giving up chunk pass plays like they weren't even trying to cover anybody. So I think both secondaries had a bad showing. Yeah, I think especially it hurt them really bad when uh, Honey Badger went out too with the concussion. Uh, Shannon? Yeah, I'm just going to expound on what you have up here about only being 13 seconds away and uh, before they kicked off, I believe Tony Romo was saying, why don't you just squib kick it? Because that takes off so many seconds of the clock. And that it was, you, you wouldn't think that 13 seconds from the 25 yard line would be enough. Um, but that's my bad. Yeah, it was just, I, and I, I guess I really don't blame them for not squibbing it because I would think like they did, like, it's only 13 seconds. What are they going to do anyway? Right. But it's just like, you got Kelsey and you got Tyree kill and you got to just be ready for that. So, yeah. Okay. You ready guys to move on to the ugly? The ugly. The ugly. <laughs> Ew. Okay, let's get into our ugly. Maybe we'll start with Shannon this time. Shannon, what was your ugly of the game? Well, I need to expound on what you have written down here, and this is the overtime rule, because Josh Allen, who never got to see the ball in the second half. So this is this is my take on what the overtime rule, I think, should be. In the, in the regular season, I think it's fine. It allows games to, you know, run, you know, be over at a, a reasonable time frame. But in the playoffs, how many times have we seen it where whoever wins the coin toss goes down the field and scores a touchdown? The other team never gets to possess the ball. Now, granted, they're professionals. Defense should have stopped them. But, I mean, these are the playoff games. There's only so many of them the NFL can show. We want to see everyone get their chance. I would like, I'd like to see it adjusted so that at least, no matter what, in, in, in the playoffs, every team – both teams get to possess the ball at least one time. Go ahead, Nate. What if you just did a 10 minute quarter, like have it be a full mm-hmm. 10 minutes? Like then it's just like a fifth quarter. I mean, I, I do like college rules a lot, but I feel like it's a little easier for guys in the NFL to move the ball 25 yards. But what I thought of was just run another 10 minute quarter. Sometimes mm-hmm. they last that long anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your ugly too as well, Nate? Yeah. I just hate that a game like that got decided by a coin toss. It's just, it's a bummer because I think if Buffalo won the coin toss, the exact same thing was going to happen. So it was just, it was rough to see it end by a coin toss. Yeah. Zach. I I agree with you guys. I think the ugly for me was the 13 seconds, not the bad, you know, it just, you never expect 13 seconds to come back to bite you in the rear end, but 
looking at it, you know, like I thought you the same thing you did. And Tony Romo said the same thing too. You know, if there's 13 seconds, they have three timeouts. Why are you not squibbing the ball and trying to run at least a few seconds off the clock? So that way, you know, I, that's what I thought too when I was watching the game. It was just some some poor playing in the the last couple of minutes of that game. It made it exciting for us to watch, but some bad play calling, some bad defense. It was ugly. If poor Bills fans, they get like the 13 seconds here and then the Music City Miracle back in the day. It's like they can't catch a break. Uh, Jake? Yeah, um, you know, this game was awesome. So I, my ugly is that regardless of the outcome of this game, unfortunately, is that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be absolute cannon fodder <laughs> <laughs> next week. So the quality of football that we had this weekend is going to be very different next weekend. That's my ugly. <laughs> yeah, this is like, to me two weeks too soon like i want this to be my super bowl i don't want it to be in the divisional round of the playoffs um i i thought of an idea for the uh the overtime as well there there was this game mode in madden i don't know if you guys ever played it's called tug of war it's basically like both teams possess the ball but you can't you can't punt and you can't kick field goals so all you can do is score touchdowns and then you get the ball at the 20 and then you you keep going. So you you can't punt. You can't um, um, do um, do any field goals. It's only touchdowns. So you keep keep going back and forth until someone doesn't score a touchdown. That's what I would love to see because that would be super exciting. And we would be still watching this game right now if that was the rule. Okay, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, I I would do something like that because I think that would be super fun and exciting for the fans to watch too. Something like oh the 10 minute rules would be ideal too, but I just think it'd be more, there'd be more at stake if you're like, you can't punt the ball. So if you, you got to go for it on fourth down and you're on your own 30, you know, and you put the other team in, you know, scoring range. So anyway, that's what I would do, but I would like them to change it for the playoffs for sure. So, okay. Anything else on the ugly? We good. Okay. Let's get into our final thoughts on this game. Um, Any final thoughts? Do we cover it? Well, go ahead, Nate. I said one more stat for Patrick Mahomes just to show how good he is. He's had 25 passing touchdowns in his first 10 postseason games, which is the most by any quarterback ever. So to be at a young age and be that effective, I think we're about to watch one of the great ones. Nice. Yeah. Now, the reason why I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes, okay, is not only did I, I pick him before the draft, which I mentioned like 45 times on the show, but I think he can be better than Brady. If he keeps it up, he's already been to three Super Bowls, right? Am I wrong? Or two, two Super Bowls and now four AFC championship games. So if he keeps it up, he's not too far off. And I'm I'm hoping that somebody dethrone Brady because as, as great as Brady is, when you watch him fat pass the football, you know, he isn't the best passer of the football you've ever seen. And that's the hard part I have with Brady. He is the greatest of all time, but I've seen people pass the ball way better than he does like Mahomes and, and Rogers, but I would love to see that. Any other final thoughts? Uh, go ahead, Shannon. So this game was broadcast. It was Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo is going to be the next John Madden. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons that John Madden was so liked was because he was so enthusiastic about the game and he knew the game inside and out. And that's kind of what Tony Romo is. He brings this enthusiasm in the way that he talks when he broadcasts and he knows the game. And that's, I just, I think, I think Tony Romo brings a lot 
people like him and I think he brings a lot to the game and this whole overtime thing, I think is going to get adjusted next season. I don't think, I think the NFL is going to relook at this. And I think, I think we're going to see changes next year. Yeah. Tug of war, tug of war, Zach. Yeah, that's, that's possible, Ryan. It's possible, but unlikely. Um, I was just, <laughs> my, my final thought on this is I think these, these two teams, we're going to see them a lot in the coming years. Uh, I think AFC championship games in the next couple of years, even uh, these are by far in my mind, the two best teams. And I think a lot of the same components are going to be coming back next year for both teams. They're going to be good for like years to come yet. So I'm excited to see them continue to play each other. It's going to be fun. Who did the bills lose to last year? Was it the chiefs? It was the chiefs in the AFC championship game. Right. It was a, it was oh. a repeat game. Okay, if there is really such, and we know this isn't true, this is hyperbole, but if there is really such a, a thing as football gods, Bills fans do not deserve to lose four straight Super Bowls and then deserves to lose four straight times to the Chiefs. So don't allow that to happen, okay? like Give the Bills something, <laughs> a little bit of a rope there. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you have any final thoughts? Um, one of the most fun games that I can ever remember. And uh, I enjoy football a lot more when it's not uh, tearing my heart out and um, screwing my mental state for the next several months. Yeah, we'll get you some pills for that. But yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, my final thought, really, Josh Allen is elite. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been I've been waffling because of his sort sometimes he can be inconsistent. But I just feel like this playoffs he's shown like he's on the level of top three quarterbacks that you want to start a franchise with maybe even top two. I think it's top two, right? Like if you're starting a franchise, it's him and Mahomes. That's it. So that's, that's where I am, but I'm going to let the final word sort of go to our friend Avery. He did send me a note. So we'll listen to what he has to say. Okay. So clearly there's a lot to unpack here from this game. First of all, Josh Allen is elite. He's that dude. Uh, you guys had that conversation a couple weeks ago. He is the best when he's playing at his best. There's no quarterback that comes close, um, just given his running ability. Just some stats from the playoffs. He had nine touchdowns and 14 incompletions without any turnovers. Um, he had 149 passer rating, which is the best in NFL postseason history. And really, it's just a travesty. We're not going to get to see him play anymore. Uh, obviously, all the conversation going around today is about the overtime rules, which, whatever. I mean, I'm, they seem to be fine for a regular season game, but it just sucks to see a, a playoff game decided where the other team doesn't even get a chance to match a touchdown. Um, I would be okay with like a 10-minute a period where if one team is up at the end, then that's the winner after 10 minutes. And then if they're still tied after 10 minutes, then you go and do a sudden death where next score wins. So that's my thought on the overtime rules. I know a lot of people are talking about it. And obviously for the game itself, you go up three points with 13 seconds left. You squib kick, you take a few seconds off there, and then you, ju you just have to allow your defense, or you have to have your defense stop them short of the 40 yard line, which is, you know, 50 yards they have to go downfield, and they did it in 13 seconds. They didn't squib kick. They had a touchback. Uh, just really frustrating on the defensive end to allow them to have a screen play there at the end. Just kind of inexcusable is what it is. And that was our friend Avery. 
So um, I have, I, I'll talk to Avery about it later, but I don't know if I, I agree that he's far and away the best quarterback at his best, because I think Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is right up there. Um, considering the way these two guys played and really both of them deserve to win this game. Personally, that's the way I feel. I felt bad. I was rooting for the chiefs. And at the very end, I'm like, I don't care who wins. They both deserve to win at this point. So yeah, Avery, we're thinking of you, man, get better. Hopefully we'll be on soon. So, okay. Well guys, let's just really quick. We'll, we don't have to explain this a whole lot. Let's just give out a couple of awards. This weekend's was, was so fun. We're just going to give up a couple of awards. So we're going to call this weekend's the, the divisional weekend awards. Uh, we'll go first with the disappointment of the weekend. Uh, let's start with Jake. What was your disappointment of the weekend? Okay. Offense. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to, I don't, I don't know what else to do. So yeah, Packers offense. Nate. Green Bay. Green Bay. Uh, Shannon. Yeah. Packers special teams and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Zach. Yeah, I'm gonna jump on the train here. Packers were disappointed. I'm I'm just talking, you know, the whole weekend in, in general. That was the most disappointing game. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Ryan Tannehill just because I feel like if he doesn't throw three interceptions, the Titans probably win by two touchdowns. But um I, I figured you guys would pick the Packers, so I just went off the off the you know beaten path and pick someone else. Surprise of the weekend. Let's start with Zach this time. Who do you got? Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Tampa Bay lose. I, I was, I was, I was close to. I was thinking it was going to be a close game, but ended up being uh, your boy Matthew Stafford taking control and eventually winning, a, winning a game. Hopefully, more to come. I, I'm with you on that, Shannon. I'm going to go with the uh, the Bengals winning because I really thought that the uh, um, Titans, being the number one seed, were in the driver's seat. I didn't expect the Bengals to win at all. Yeah, that's a good one, Nate. Mine went to Matthew Stafford. I mean, I thought he'd play good, but he impressed me more than he ever has. So he was my surprise. I love that one. Uh, Jake? I was surprised how bad the Packers offense was. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Okay, mine is Gabriel Davis. I gave it to him. I like That guy just had a game, and I just felt like I did not see that coming. That came out of left field. Um, if I told you a wide receiver had 200 yards and four touchdowns from the Buffalo Bills, I don't know how far down the, the line before we would have gotten to him, but Diggs probably would have been number one. But anyway, let's go on to uh, next one. Best moment of the weekend. Well, let's start with Nate on this one. I wanted to give it to Davis on that route we talked about where he took the corner out, but I just think it was the last play of every game. The fact that all four games could end on the last play of every game, that was by far the best football I've ever seen. That was like the best answer, too. Nice nice job, Shannon. I, the fourth quarter of uh, the Chiefs-Bills game, it was just one of the most entertaining. Um, I, I can't put it on just one moment. It had to have been a quarter. Um, and then, obviously, overtime, but that was my best moment. Yeah, it's a, that was a great moment, Zach. Yeah, for me, it was the same. It was the end of every game. It coming down to the last play of every game makes it so exciting. It's, yeah, best moments of the game. Yeah, yeah. The award's entitled best moment. But, okay, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide for all you guys. Uh, Jake? Um, I think I'm going to go back to uh, the Tyreek Hill touchdown. Even though I was rooting for the Bills, just to watch somebody impose their will and speed of just waving deuces <laughs> as I go into the end zone, it's, it's awesome. 
It's competitive spirit at its finest. Yeah, uh, that, that was great. I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford to cup. I I jump. I haven't jumped that high since I was like 17. So that was great. Uh, I was just, I saw my world crumbling before me and then that happened. And it was just, it was so, I was so happy guys. I was just so happy that happened. The MVP of the weekend. Let's start with Shannon on this one. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, Patrick Mahomes just because he ended up winning the game and it's Patrick Mahomes. You don't make half a bill without, uh, being great. So he's, uh, my MVP of the weekend. I like it, Nate. Yeah. I wanted to do Mahomes too, but we know who Mahomes is. I was more impressed with Josh Allen and he's going to get my MVP because he had 62 rushing yards and five first downs on 10 design QB runs. So they use him as a running back, but then he can also throw the ball. 18 for 21 on passes over 10 yards, 450 yards, and eight touchdowns this postseason. He, like Avery said, he's elite and he's proving it. Yeah, Jake? Uh, Josh Allen as well. Um, The reason I say that is because to his team, he was the most valuable over and above anybody else, right? You take Patrick Mahomes away, you still have Tyreek Hill. Um, You know, he's still got another couple pieces, but Josh Allen carried that team to the end of that game. So Josh Allen. Zach? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit the other way, and I'm going to say the Packers special teams was the MVP. Oh, wait, no, that's, <laughs> that's the other way around. Never mind. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with the guys. I think I mean, it's tough between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And even Stafford, you could, you could, argue, you could argue Stafford had that good of a game. But it, it had to be one of the Chiefs or the, or the Bills. I mean, Allen and Mahomes were just unbelievable on both sides of the ball. So I couldn't pick one. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, pick Matthew Stafford this, but I don't want to be biased at all. I'm going to, I had a hard time with this one. I put Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but I'm going to, I'm going to decide if I had to with Patrick Mahomes, he won the game and he outrushed Josh Allen. If I would have told you that Patrick Mahomes outrushed Josh Allen in this game, I think most people would be like, that'd be crazy because they actually design runs for Josh Allen where they don't with Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes can, can run the ball and people forget that. And this was kind of a nice little reminder that he can use his legs. I could give it to either guy though. So I'm I'm okay with either Shannon. You had a point. Yeah. There was that one play when he went down the middle and he slid at the very end, I think it was like 10 or 15 yard line. I swear if he would have just went for it, he probably could have made it into the end zone, but he was protecting himself. That guy is fast too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what we forgot to talk about too. And I forgot, we we don't have time for it, but that play that Andy Reid called when he took Patrick Mahomes off center with the tight end and they did like that lateral play. And it was just the stupidest, but that was another dumb coaching decision. Why are you taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hand? I do not know. That's what I do not know. Okay, guys, anything else? It was a wild weekend of football. That's all I got to say. Um, I'm sorry this this lasted a little longer than I thought it would, but 45 minutes of venting on Packers. That's that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> so uh okay, well, thank you guys for joining. Uh and thank you guys uh who are listening as well. If you haven't yet, please uh subscribe to the channel, the YouTube channel. I'll be putting clips on YouTube. Uh go ahead and listen to the podcast if you're watching this on YouTube to hear all our takes. Um, and uh, leave your comments, like the video, all that good stuff. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening. 
uh, thank you guys again, uh, my panel here for joining me because this was a wild week and I'm glad I was able to talk, talk it through with you guys. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. See you guys.